1: I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is For Hunters by Hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, And that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today, here on Go Wild. All right, it's way past my bedtime. I mean, it's pushing 9 o'clock. That's what happens when you get old. (coughs) And we are coming live from the man cave on the eastern part of Virginia. So we're back down here at BB's. We hunted today, had to catch the dogs off. Bear kept coming through blocks that we weren't supposed to be in, and after about the third one we was able to round them all up so we're gonna get back after it tomorrow so today we're gonna to talk we're gonna do a little recap of training season bb just got back from maine we're gonna talk about it just a little bit and then we're gonna go into group hunting you know how can we be successful what are some do's some don'ts um we had a conversation today and this kind of brought the topic up so we're just gonna nail it down and we're gonna we're gonna dive into it and Um, hopefully it'll help what I have learned. Um, in fact, I was talking to, uh, a guy from Idaho, Casey, just, um, the other day and, you know, we were having this conversation. He said, you know, do you guys hunt, you know, in groups? And we're like, yeah, you know, we, you know, pretty much, I do hunt by myself some, not often because somebody's always with me or somebody's hanging out or, or whatever, and um he's like, "You know, we pretty much hunt by ourselves, and you know i I do like that for training purposes i I like to be off by myself and I know you've heard pal pal whine about it that I'll get off by myself and strike and turn dogs loose and then I'll say, hey guys, we got one going um but uh that's just kind of me that's kind of what I like to do so we're we'll gonna dive into it so bb I know I've We've been at it all day today, so how's things in your world? The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with One TDC. this dual-action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, Skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on the journey.
0: They're doing everything's good here.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the new addition. Because, that's a new thing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. That's a new thing. Yeah. He. So my little boy, he's, uh, you know, uh, definitely a handful from time to time. So
1: two months old.
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's still getting used to the hunting environment and and having little boys. So but it's still fun.
1: It's so I'll tell you a funny one. So we was in the kitchen earlier, and Julie's like, she's like, Yeah, I got to go back to work the end of this month, and I'm just worried about it. Like, I don't, I don't know if BB can take care of this or not. (laughs) So she's going to probably have people coming in and checking on him to make sure that the little one's all right.
0: I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. He learned trial by error and we have a lot of error. That's for sure. There's no pamphlet on raising a kid. That's for sure. So tell me a little bit about your main trip. I know you didn't do a whole lot of hunting because.
0: Yeah. So, uh. Maine, uh, Maine was good. The first week there was a lot of rain. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so it rained most, I think just about every day we hunted the first week. So, um, hunted pretty hard. I think we got three the first week, uh, hunted with some different guys, never hunted with them before. Um, uh, but you know, we ended up making it, uh, <coughs> making it, uh, making it work. So, um, I mean, I think we, we, we took three bears the, the first week, well, actually four, um, but three three bears taken with the with the folks I was hunting with, and then the uh, Friday, I went to uh, where I was going to be hunting in the North Main Woods, and uh, we got a, a pretty good boar um, that Friday, so I think we ended up with nine total in two weeks, so first two the first week uh, the dogs didn't do too good uh they could have done a little bit better or i could have done a whole lot better but uh we ended up the second week they we got got through some uh, hurdles and and they came around pretty good so it worked out pretty good
1: yeah. so and and this was all new
0: territory for you too wasn't yes, it yes everything was new so up up in that North Main Woods, this big country, and it had to learn how to get around and what roads were actual roads and what roads weren't roads, and um, so it was a lot of learning involved in that. So,
1: yeah, I can, like I said, I, in fact, I was up there this summer, and you know, we were up around some some of the same area that you were in. There's a lot of distance between those roads.
0: It took us one hour to drive from one side of the block to the other side of the block yeah um, so it, it definitely you know that time frame and trying to work around that and, and to be efficient in that area um is key for sure so
1: and you said some issues do you care to elaborate on that or you want to keep that to yourself uh, i mean
0: um uh, i mean the dogs they just uh we had a hard time uh i carried a lot of young dogs this year um we could jump bear and then i had you know some off game issues that i had to work through but that off game isn't around here so i I don't have to you know i don't have any any way to to break them uh here until i get up there um so did a little bit of that um did see some impressive dog work we did i did have uh, uh i did have three dogs swim a lake 220 yards across the lake and then uh Another fella, he had a dog or two that swam in it as well, um, but that bear, he didn't want to get caught. He uh, he swam a lake, and then uh, eight hundred yards later, he swam another lake, and, and they they made the first lake, but they didn't make the second. So he got away. He he got to run another day.
1: I mean, that's absolutely um, draining. <clears throat> I had I was up in New York several years ago. And the dogs went through this big section of country, um, kind of like what you're talking about, and um, they were on the other side of the lake. And the lake's—I mean, it's not huge, but you're—you're you're right, it's a—it's a couple hundred yards across it. And I got to hollering, and they got in and started swum, swimming to me. They weren't running; they were just coming to me. Mm-hmm. They got halfway out of the lake and then turned back. Mm-hmm. And of course, I started. I got—I went over to my box and rattled my box and got everything barking. And then they made that loop and they turned and they come back. And by the time they got to the, when they got up out of the wall, I helped them up over, over the bank. Um, and the dogs were in pretty good running shape at that time too. It wasn't like I hadn't been hunting. Um, but yeah, it absolutely just drained them.
0: Yeah. A couple hundred yards swimming is, yes. <clears throat> especially after they've been running a little bit, that's definitely, uh, it can, it, it, it can separate them, you know. Um, so I, I was impressed. I mean, I had a, f- 14, 15 month old puppy make it uh, crossed and then a, a two and a half year old dog or so and uh, then an older dog but uh you know they did they did pretty good I mean uh, you know up there it was uh some mountain where we hunted the first week it was a little bit more mountainous um, that might have played some issues in it but overall it was more the rain uh, mm-hmm. just trying to work through the conditions and weather conditions and everything so um, and uh, learning the country if I'd known some of the country um, prior like if we went back there now I would be much better off we would be uh, I could you know I could help you know some of the flaws that happen you know make sure I was there uh, get around and and save a little time, whereas that that time uh, when they're running and things like that, you know, it's it's key to get around there to to you know one make sure they're right, or two if you need to pack dogs in, or um, or you know even if you if you if it's time to harvest the bear, you know, um, that that knowing the learning the country um, is definitely a key aspect to it, and, and the more you know it, the definitely more effective you can be.
1: Well, I mean, you're losing two to three days of hunting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like I said I've, you know, I was thinking about it today. <clears throat> you know, I, I've been very forward. I mean, you travel more than I do right now. Um, hopefully, as the next couple years come on for you, and know, I've had, you and I had this conversation. The next couple years, I'm looking to be more vested in more hunting, um, traveling throughout. You know, I've I've hunted Maine, I've hunted Canada. You know. New York to Florida. Uh, when I was coon hunting, I basically hunted every every state from Texas to Iowa east. Um, <clears throat> so my bear hunting's been pretty limited to, you know, Virginia, North Carolina. You know, being able to come in here and you hunt with you and Doug, and I haven't been to Maine in a couple years, and I hadn't been to Canada since O uh, two. So we're getting ready to make that trip in the spring. I'm really looking forward to that uh maddie's going with me and i'm like i'm just i'm stoked to to be able to go up there and hunt and then you and i may we'll talk about it later because we don't know if it's going to come to um <laughs> coming to terms yet but if if not we're going to take a big trip in the fall next year so you know that's what something i want to do i want to travel more and get out but when i did travel and hunt it takes you a couple of days to to know the shortcuts and the roads and, you know, this and that. And I always find myself just like what you're saying is, well, if I'd have went over there to start with, I could have cut those dogs off or I could have packed right there and I wouldn't, they wouldn't have gotten this big country. And
0: so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and traveling too, you know, uh, uh, when you're carrying dogs, it takes them some time to get acclimated, you know, really, You know in all honesty it takes probably two weeks of being somewhere to get them really tuned in um to really see that full potential come out of them and you know to to do what we did in two weeks and last year i was in in maine for three weeks and and by the third week they were they were firing in all cylinders but this year it was uh rainy and hot it was definitely a lot warmer this year than what it normally is which normally doesn't bother us too much uh since we deal with the heat down here but um you know i didn't run as much this year with with the little one here um prior uh to going up to Maine. so you know I th- they won't really where they needed to be um uh, before i went up there so
1: yeah yeah i knew <clears throat> like i said i knew you hadn't hunted because of you know him being born and and it was hot uh when we were up there in july i mean we you know we talked we i had you know we got to hang out with brandon and mark and um they said that it had been a lot more it had been wetter up there than normal Mm -hmm. so anyway yeah so i'll i'm gonna talk about my training season i know that i hit that in a prior podcast i'm just going to kind of re um, just kind of go over it real quick, kind of tell you what I'm working with, where I'm at. Um, and then we're going to get into some, you know, just like PB and I was talking today about group hunting, how to be more successful, you know, some do's and don'ts, some things that we see, you know, cause we do get to travel around and see, see other dogs and see other people work. And, and what, you know, what brought this up is I've been coming down here for a couple to three years now and. You know, I just, I told BB that the first year I was down here, first time I was down here, I mean, my dogs were kind of out of pocket. Like they didn't really understand what was going on, different type of hunting, different style of hunting, different country, thicker. Um, and then, you know, I come back, I'd come back the next year and got to come back a couple times and you could see a, an improvement. And then today it was just like, I'd turned loose at the house. There was no, there wasn't no hesitation. It, it was just like me hunting at home. Um, and I, am glad that I'm seeing that, uh, with them because I, I, feel like to have a true hound, you should be able to dump it anywhere and catch bear, not just where I'm at or where you're at. That's just my thought process. But <clears throat> so I didn't, um, my Kate female, which is, um, her Kate and spook are four and a half. There'll be five this winter uh, coming first of the year. Kate um i bred her so i didn't hunt her i've had not had her out since last december um so she missed a whole training season um uh, this didn't take her and i was hunting spook and maggie maggie's an an older black dog that i have that i bought uh to replace my blue dog and so i was alternating spook and her take spook one day take her one day take spook one day and her one day and in several days I took, when I say the young dogs, I'll just say this is what it is. I've got uh, Houdini and Hart are two and a half years old. And I've got Attica and Axe, who are 19 months old. And I've got Rogue, which come from BB. He's 16 months old, somewhere right in there. He may be 17 now, but 16 months old. And i got Trip. Trip is three, turned three into se- September. So he just turned three and i've got y'all have heard me talk about sass little female i got from some of my buddies up in west virginia and she will be 8 months old at the end of this month which is october and i am having to contain my excitement because she has so much potential i see the potential in her she runs hard she's i mean i had her out a couple weeks ago and i was walking into an area so i turned her loose, and golly, geez, about the third track she struck and run through the country, I was like, i got to put her back on lead. I'm going to be catching her in the next zip code. So I ended up catching her up, putting her on lead, and she walked with me the rest of the time. But And I said this prior, like, I'm so scared something's going to happen to her because I like her so much. Like, that's just my luck. That's how things roll. And I'm excited about the potential that I see. I don't, I don't know that she'll ever be a top-notch hound because she's not even eight months old yet. But when I'm looking at dogs, I see a world of the things that I like in her. And I like her. She's got a great personality. She is personable. She don't want to be caught when she's running, I'll tell you that. She, she gets she gets gone and when she's running something, she will avoid you like an old dog. <laughs> so I think that's a positive, even though it's a, a pain in the butt at this point. So that's what I'm hunting right now. And a couple days that I was out either by myself or just one other person hunting with me, uh, I'd take the, the younger dog. So every dog that every female I had come in heat. So Hart was out of service for, you know, 21, 25 days, from August till uh, second week of September, Attica, same thing. She come in. She was out of service till the right after Labor Day, so she missed a whole three weeks of hunting. So I only had the the male dogs, and Maggie had come in, but she she went out. So I was able to hunt her after the second week of August. So she missed a couple weeks too. So I just took the young dogs a lot. Well, not a lot, but I took them several times, give them opportunities. And I was telling B.B. We, went, we rode down to the feed store today. And I caught a bear with him one day. I had a long race one day with them, And one day, I don't know what they did. They run something, and I'm still not convinced it was a bear. But I didn't see it. I can't smell it. And I don't know what it was. And then one day, they actually split off from Spook. Uh, spook took a bear across, um, across the mountain, dropped down in, across a a road. Bear jumped right out in front of me. It was a small bear. So I ended up, I was able to get out in front of him and catch him off of it. And they went on around the mountain, which I'm sure it was a Salina cub because it was a small bear and they ended up treading about a 150 pound bear, but they went another two miles around the mountain and treed. It was just them, the you know, the, the younger, and I don't know how people categorize their dogs. What do you call two and a half year old? Is that a young dog? Is that a? Uh, yeah, I
0: would. You know, I mean, uh, I would say it's a young dog. Some people will call it a puppy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, I would say it's a, probably a younger dog. But I mean, two and a half year years old, I think they should be start. They they definitely should be. You should have a little bit of confidence in them, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, with what you got there.
1: Well, and you and you say that, and I, I'll just put out my preference. Like, if it's a puppy, it's under a year old. Mm-hmm. If it's a young dog, I usually one to three is where I kind of hang with that, and then after that, um, that's kind of where I'm at with the 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 older dogs. And nothing I had, like Maggie, she turns seven in May. Like I said, Spook and Kate are four and a half, and then everything else is three and under. But um one thing that you said there that I I want to touch on is I'm getting to the point and they're, like I said, they're two and a half. I free casted them several times during training season where I, you know, free casting for the guys that don't know, or maybe don't, don't big game hunt is I take off on foot. I'm just hiking a trail or a ridge top or I hit the AT or something like that. And I just leave some dogs loose. Um, I always have a dog or two on a um with me. And I was able to turn those two, you know, the two and a half year old dogs loose. And surprisingly, even when Sass would go in there and strike those tracks, which I'm very confident it was a deer, they they would go and they would follow her for fifty or hundred yards and they turn and come back. So that's starting to build that that reliability. Okay, like, okay, I know that they're doing this and I I feel pretty comfortable with it. I give Hart a lot more um, leeway than I give Houdini. And Houdini, I seen a coyote crossing the road one day and I jumped out, got the dogs out of the truck, turned them loose, and he went out of there screaming. And, you know, before I could get, I I I wasn't prepared as I should have been. I honestly didn't think they would take off, but he did. Um. I just toned, I just tapped him a little bit. He come right back, so I don't trust him as much. Um, Hart did not do that; he did, so I'm still still a little bit um, larry of what I allow him to do, and that's okay because he's two and a half years old. I'm not I'm not gonna be completely upset now. If he was running deer like that, then that's kind of on me because I've had several opportunities to fix that problem, and you guys heard me talk about it before. I take every opportunity if I'm out hunting and I see a deer walking down the side of the road or across the road in front of me I get my young dogs out and I give them the opportunity to go now I don't let them go usually I'll uh, in fact I've been working on Rogue he had a couple trash races in the beginning of August and um, as I got to see deer and I got to put him out like, I've got him now where he'll get out, put his nose up, and come right back to the truck. So just taking those opportunities to uh, do a little training and a little, you know, trash-breaking sessions. Like, I take everyone I can get because you just don't know. But, yeah, so the two-year-olds are doing better, and I'm able to. Like I said, Hart was doing really good those couple of days that I had her out and free-casted her. One day, she never opened her mouth. Uh, during the early... During the early kill season, I'm pretty sure her and Attica opened on the track that ring, uh, ring <laughs> that Spook ended up jumping and bringing down in front of us. They went up in this uh, little, it was a dried up creek bed that went up towards um, towards the top of a ridge, it was in a hollow, and they opened a couple times, and... Anyway, Spook went up there when they opened, and he never come back, but they ended up coming back, crossing the road. They went down over the ridge and opened a couple times and went down to the main creek. Well, Spook stayed up there and was making circles. And anyway, he ended up coming out the top side of that. Uh, He opened a couple times, crossed a couple ridges, and then by the time he hit that third ridge, he was was moving. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like they hit that track and just didn't stick it i could be wrong they could have been doing something else i don't know um but just through my experience with what you know travel patterns of bears stuff like that i feel like they hit it and just didn't have enough experience to stick it out like he did um and we ended up you know catching that bear too so anyway but yeah that's kind of where i've been had some good days had some bad days uh, and I, like I said, me and BB had this conversation today, you know, the bear that we was on today was a runner. Mm-hmm. Like that bear did not want called. <laughs> and, you know, at home, I had a lot of races that were longer than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally, you know, a five mile race is about average seven mile, may be a long one. Um, I caught my dogs off of a race one day that was right at, right, right at 16. Um, when I had my, my buddy down from Kentucky, the race was a little over 11 miles, had several of those races this year, more so than not. Um, I think it's due to a couple things. Uh, I think it's due to hunting pressure. Uh, the areas that I hunt is very, very populated with hunters and i think you know the bear just kind of get um i don't <clears throat> i don't know if you can say they get accustomed to it but i think they learn that if i just stay down and keep running i can get away um so I, I think that played a part in it but we had a lot of long races longer than normal um still not catching any bear of big of size but normally during training season we may see one or two have not the last couple of years doesn't mean they're not out there. We're just not seeing them in the areas that I hunt. So, yeah, training season was good. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit when we get to talking about groups and stuff. But I tried to give my young younger dogs, and I say younger, more opportunity to learn. um, Because I, I, I would hold, there were several days that I didn't even turn Spook loose or Maggie loose. I let them do it. And then if I needed to, I would pack the old dogs in and I'd, I'd some, I don't even think I'd done that actually. I think I just left it up to them. So yeah, it was a good season. Uh, don't, I don't know how many we treat. I I keep a log of it at the house, but it's more for who done what, not how many for me, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to see the progression of the dogs. And, um, I, I'm very pleased with the, the a litter, um, they're not like I said they're 19 months old and both of the dogs that I have will take their own track they'll start their own tracks um, they'll run by themselves. they don't need help um, they have not treated a bear by themselves, but they'll they'll go on with it so I feel like well you and I talked about that today I feel like they'll come along you know with you don't you know just keep 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 after it
0: yeah I mean for me it's you're always looking for it when it comes to the young dogs you're always looking or for me i'm looking for the dogs that um always put out that little bit of extra do something real you know that surprises you and 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 does does something you know a particular day that you consider a a good job or or something that's uh or even if they outdo the old dogs you know that's or the older dogs uh, that's what i look for is uh with the younger ones and, and those are the ones that I like to, to focus on. And I mean, for me, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I've, you know, recently moved some dogs, uh, along that were older just so that way I could start, make sure I focus on some of the, the younger dogs. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my thing. I mean, I, I had them for Maine just because I like to have two separate packs for Maine so that way I can alternate every day and have fresh dogs every day but um you know here when we're hunting in a group you know you don't necessarily need that because you don't need the number of dogs when you're hunting with other folks because if they have dogs too um to be able to uh have fresh dogs every day and then um, you know make sure that you you give those younger dogs uh, as many opportunities as you can so that way you can see what you got you know with the with what you got coming up so and then it just gives you a better chance to uh, learn them, you know, to understand what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and then maybe what you can to, can work on to try and um, uh, bring them over the edge to make them uh, those outstanding type dogs. So, what do
1: you what do you say to a newcomer um, that is has gotten, or let's not even say a newcomer. Let's say somebody's been hunting for a couple of years, and you, you've got a a, a dog. That's reliable. I don't care if it's an older dog, a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, ten-year-old. I don't care. A reliable dog. How do you talk yourself into leaving that dog at home, knowing, because I, I hear this a lot, knowing that if you take old old Billy up here, you're going to catch a bear. But if I leave Billy at home, my chances of catching a bear are slim. You know, I've got to let these young dogs learn and, and do their own thing. How do you talk yourself into that? What do you... How do, you, how do you go about that decision? Do you like to be outside like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user for years. It's the one app that I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, bedding areas, feeding areas, and the list goes on. In my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. Last year while hiking Yellowstone, I used Onyx to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on Onyx. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. Onyx has so many great features and tools. You can literally use it in your everyday life. It is, by far, the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to OnX, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with
0: OnX and know where you stand. I mean, for me, I mean, with, with me, some of these dogs that I just moved along, it's, uh, um, you know, not having them available. Uh, I mean, I hate leaving a dog at home, but at the same time, at least I'm fortunate enough to be able to hunt enough to so that I can alternate dogs every, you know, every time I hunt and they still get plenty of experience. So, uh, but yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's, uh, it's not easy to do. I mean, I'm always the type that I'd rather have them in the box and, uh, have them there in case I do need them, then uh, not have them and then need them. But at the same time, sometimes you got to make a little bit of a leap to, to get to that next stage, you know, especially with those young dogs. You know, you got to have some faith in them just based on what you've seen and, and what their progression has been throughout, you know, their life. You know, some of them are, are pretty young. So, you know, when you start relying on a 15-, 16-month-old dog to help you, uh, in a pack, you know, that's a, that's one of those things that's a, a special instance, you know, uh, when you can reliably say that, or, or have confidence that that, that dog at that age is going to help you out. Um, I mean, for me, that's what I'm looking for. So, um, you know, and, and to be honest, that's what I expect. And, and if they can't do that at that certain age, then, you know, I'll, give them away to a deer hunter or something like that because they're not going to make what I'm looking for. So you know what broke
1: me or well it broke me of doing it but helped me change my thought process is I had a couple of older dogs um you know bell and ring and those those dogs that I could go out and catch bear with and when I brought up the young dogs behind them I always put the old dogs down first. And then when those dogs got old and they couldn't go, I was stuck. Mm-hmm. I had me too dogs or dogs that were standing there looking for somebody else to go along with them. And I had to change my, I had to, I had to change my training process. I had to say, okay, you know, I have got to, if I'm going to continue to hunt, this is a long-term, you know, this is a, the big picture, not the short term, and this season. Like, I know that if if something happens to Spook and Kate or Maggie, I'm going to have to do it with the dogs that I have or I'm going to have to go out and buy me another dog. Like, I'm going to have to. And I know that I can catch bear with those dogs, but I know that if I don't allow these young dogs to the opportunity to learn – then when something does happen to them, I'm gonna be right back in the same boat, even though I've got six or seven other dogs here. Um, and it was a hard lesson for me. Uh, I got I got in that predicament. I I relied on Ring for everything, and then I had Jimmy and Buster, and I would even let I would even let Ring rig the track, and then put Jimmy and Buster down um, to run it. And then I got where I had, I, Ring got so old, I ended up leaving him home. But Jimmy was a medium nosed dog; she was not a, a a dog like Ring. And Buster did not rig like Ring at all. So my my bear, my bear catching, my bear treeing, literally almost fell in half from him to them. Um, and I didn't like I didn't like being in that that situation. So. I started changing my, and then I went through a rebuild and kind of changed my philosophy a little bit about like I got, you know, I, I've got to let these young dogs, I've got to I've got to get them lined out, get them on bear, understand what you're running, getting them opening them on them, and then I take the the, the older dogs away. That's kind of what drove me to that decision. So, and it's not it's not easy. I mean, but at the same time, it's exciting too when. Like, this year, the I mean, the first day I had, I had uh, four dogs. I had Houdini and Trip, um, Axe and Rogue. Had my four young male dogs. And come around the side of the mountain, uh, the dogs struck on top of the truck. And I turned them loose, and they made a loop, come back out the mountain, dropped off the mountain. Of course, we're getting ready to talk about this in a second. Uh, hot rod and west was down at the bottom and i told him i'm like hey guys i can't tell you what they're running i said they sound good but they're coming off the mountain and i said before you pack your dogs you better make sure because i don't know and sure enough man old old Slewfoot stepped out in the road there and they loaded him up and went about 200 yards and treat him um you know that that was exciting um for me that was the first time with those dogs without the old dogs that I was able to run and catch a bear, and then like I said, I had a couple other days where I'm I'm scratching my head going, ah, oh, what are we running? Like I didn't see it. I'm not seeing it across the road. I don't have ring in the truck where I can put him up on the rig and rig where they cross the road to make sure. So it's a guessing game. So anyway, that's just my my experience with that. Yep. <clears throat> Well, maybe let's get into the conversation that you and I had talked about earlier. And we didn't even really talk about it. We said, hey, we're going to talk about it. (laughs) So let's talk about um, hunting in groups, how to be successful, some things that we should do when we shouldn't do. Um, Like I said, guys out west, I'm sorry. I know you guys kind of solo hunt. And I'm envious because when I was 20 and 25 and 30, that's the way I like to hunt is by myself but here nowadays it's, you know, with the roads and the land cut up, it's kind of hard. So we, we do hunting groups. There's, you know, there's a couple, um, you know, our group's probably got about six or eight main people in it and that's, and that's it. So what's on your mind?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you know, this conversation I guess is kind of driven, um, basically from the first week that I was in Maine, uh, you know, hunted with some guys and they had never kind of hunted in a group, you know, they've kind of been solo and, uh, you know, just some of the efficiencies that come from hunting in a group, if, if you understand how to do it. And then there are certain, certain things that you can do to try and, or to be a little bit more successful, uh, within hunting in a group. And then, um, you know, as far as, uh, whether or not you're trying to get in front of or around blocks, big pieces, or things like that, and, and packing dogs, or, um, you know, even, even down to, you know, equipment, you know, when you're hunting with a group, you can kind of disperse that equipment around and cost of equipment, so, you know, there's a lot of, of positive notes to, to hunting in a group, um, you know, to me, uh, I think there's a time and a place to hunt by yourself if you know if you have that ability you know i think as far as making and understanding what your dogs are doing hunting by yourself is key um but when it when it comes to actual hunting season um there are some definite benefits to being able to hunt with a group um, you know just different situations that play out whether it's a walking bear and you're trying to hit him or you know cover different you know routes that he could go and um, and working together to to you know um, have some success there or whether it's uh, busy roads and things like that um, that you're trying to make sure that the dogs end up being safe or um, you know or different blocks that you don't want them to go into because they're big or they're it's posted or things like that so there are some definite benefits to hunting with a group um, you know but it's a uh, you know, I, I, I do think it's important to be able to hunt by yourself because that's how you're going to learn your dogs. And then that, knowing your dogs is even more important, I think, than when you're hunting with a group because uh, in order to help that group be successful, you have to understand the dogs and be able to communicate, you know, potentially what, or really what your dogs are doing um, so that way you, you know how, how that group can act to, to be successful.
1: Yeah. So equipment, we won't really go over that. You got to have a tracker, you got to have collars. Um, but I will say one of the most, um, beneficial parts of that group is a good truck man. (laughs) And that, you know, I think you just hit on that. You know, we've got several guys in our group that have dog boxes, have the Garmin alphas long range antennas and don't own a dog. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, some of the areas that I hunt, I mean, from road to road, it's seven, seven miles through there, eight miles through there. And if I get in the middle and strike and they go over the mountain on the opposite side of me, I can't get out of there fast enough to cut them off. And especially if they go off the mountain, they're going to be on a hard top. So uh, a truck man to me is invaluable. Um, the, I, I, I can't say that enough. And we have so, we've got several really good people that do that. They come around and they, they pick us up. Uh, you've heard, um, Chris talk about Clater. Um, Claytor is, was a great truck man, even though now we've got him set up with a dog. So now he's going to be a dog man, <laughs> but you got to have people like that to, to help and help you function and be, um, like I said, dogs getting in a road is a biggest a biggest a big thing. Uh we were hunting a couple of weeks ago and it was just me and Wes and st- the dogs went over the top of the mountain, went into another big valley, made a big loop in there and come back across the mountain down off the mountain. When Wes tried to cut them off on one road and I went off the mountain to the hard top and I couldn't get down there fast enough and I mean I'm telling you, I was sweating because Spook was getting right across the road, busy road. And I'm like, dear Lord, please just let him get across, let him get across. And by the time I got up to it, he was already 200 yards across the road and gone. And the other dogs were coming through. So I was able to, uh, I let a couple that weren't far behind him go. And then the rest of them, I ended up catching up. But I don't I don't like this. I mean, it makes me nervous. hmm very nervous, especially with your good, good dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so truck man is definitely part of it.
0: Uh, for, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, and, and having somebody who's able to, um, you know, being able to read a situation, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, if, if you have somebody that's, uh, if you were hunting in a group and, and you're, uh, Know wanting to pack dogs, or that person's wanting to pack dogs, and being able to understand, you know, or hear or listen to the dogs and understand if they're running, if it's a running foot, or if they're walking and baying, or um, you know, different things like that, and then how to act, or um, whether to pack or not to pack. You know, that's probably a question all in itself, um, or when to pack. Um, So, you know, there's different situations. You know, if he's walking and baying, you pack him. You know, it really doesn't matter the direction so much if if he's walking and baying, but if it's a running foot and he's coming right for you, um, you know, sometimes packing head on might not be the best thing to do because it can blow it up, you know. Or maybe you're better off to sit back and let let the bear cross and then pack them with the dogs that are um, that are as they cross. Because I don't know how many times I've gone and packed. You know, as soon as you have seen the bear, and you try and get them going the right way, and they all they hear is the dog's coming, coming to the road, the or and or to the path, and and then they end up going backwards, and and they can, <clears throat> you know, you know, basically uh, add more time that you put behind the bear. So you know. Um, just understanding that and understanding your dogs, you know, if you got a dog or two that, you know, that they're going to, you know, if you can get them the right way from the get go, you might be able to save a little bit of that time and, and, and put a little gain on that bear if you're able to pack them. So just understanding that part versus just pulling up and dumping a box every time you hear dogs and packing is, uh, um, you know, having some thought process behind that before you do it is, is important when you're hunting in a group.
1: Well, let's talk about packing because that was something that you and I had talked about. And, uh, we we had talked about face packing and and today we actually did that. Um, but there was a good reason why we did what we did, but let's just define face packing. And, you know, if, if, if the bear or the dogs are, are coming straight at you, you turn the dogs into them. So it's just like, you're going to have a head on collision. You got dogs coming at you and you turn your dogs loose and they're going away from you to, to the dogs that are, that are coming at you. If, if the bear is caught, then it can be done. Mm-hmm. If the, if like for me, uh, a couple years ago, and I, I actually talked about this on a, a podcast. I don't remember which one it was that they had the dogs. They had the, the bear caught on the ground and I've got two dogs that are very, they don't, they don't babble. They don't leave out of their running. They're not going to bark until they get to it. And I know when they hit the track that they're going to line it out and go the correct way. They're not going to go backwards. I've done, it, I've done it enough with them that I knew. But the bear was caught on the ground, and I face-packed them. Uh, right, I, I packed one dog in. When he got there, I turned the other dog loose. And when they got there, and they, there was more of a roar, more going on. And we were able to get a couple more dogs in there and get the bear treed if that bear is running and you face pack them you're gonna cause a train wreck 99 percent of the time right
0: i mean yeah i mean from my for my experience i mean it's uh, uh you know you just run into there's too many ifs in that situation and and if they're hitting hit that track and you know you know and a lot of times you're packing young dogs in um <coughs> you know so they might hit that as soon as they whatever whatever direction they're headed when they hit it Mm -hmm. usually is the way they're going to go um you know and then that's just going to run into the to the pack that's coming and and it can blow it up and it it, you know don't get me wrong they might be able to sort through it but at the end of the day it, it it adds that time that time that that bear can put a little more distance between him and the dogs and um you know, that's what you're fighting against. I mean, that's your, your goal with packing is trying to, to make up that time versus, um, trying to add more time. Yeah.
1: And so let's talk about it. it crossing, because I think this is a a very, so I'm just going to throw it out there. One of my pet peeves is freaking dogs barking in the box. When you drive up the road and them dogs, and you're all the way up the road. Like I can't stand it. It's, I mean, you want to see my blood pressure go up? That does it. So, if if a bear's coming and going to cross the block that you're in, and you're sitting in the road, the best thing to do is let it cross, mm-hmm. don't you think?
0: I mean, unless you're trying to kill it. I right. mean, if you're trying to kill it, that's a different story. But I mean, if it's if if you're trying to catch him, you know, or whatever, uh, or if he's got a a big enough lead on him that you can't hit him good enough or well enough to, um, to Kill him, you know. Um, you're, you know, you're better off to kind of let him cross, and then either, I mean, to me, I, you know, and I've gotten excited and done it too. You know, you see the bear cross, and you, you turn dogs through, as soon as you, as yeah. soon as you see him, and. You know, you know, especially if he's got a lead on the dogs, pretty good. Um, and, you know, it depends. I mean, some places we have, if the wind's blowing right, yep. you, you can hardly hear the dogs coming sometimes, and you might see the bear cross out. Um, Today was example. Yeah. Let's I, use today's example. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, BB was in a different block, and I didn't, I never heard the dogs coming. Mm-hmm. Like, when you said they opened and whatever, um, But I seen the dogs coming towards me, so I stayed back. Mm -hmm. I didn't ride right up on where they were going to cross. I stayed back. Bear pops right out in front of me. I go up the road. Um, I get Kate out. I send her, and I overrun the track. So this was on me. I overrun the track about 50 yards, and she run back down the road, hit it, and went the direction. I did not turn any of my young dogs loose until she got started Mm -hmm. like i did not dump the box i didn't but i'm very um everybody says i'm a butthead because i like to do things like very uh organized but by the time i got back to the truck and was getting the young dogs out your dogs were they were there Mm -hmm. so i fed them right in behind yours right with yours when they crossed um that's another thing, you know, if your dogs are barking in a box, you've got to stay back. Mm-hmm. You're gonna turn it, turn it, turn. It. And if that's what you wanna do, you know, we tried that last time to turn it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. But when you're just driving up and down a the road and them them scoundrels are just making noise for no reason, like I, I yeah. um I can't take it. And it pulls dogs to the road. Like it will pull the dogs on the track because your dogs sound like they got it caught. Dogs are pack animals. Let's go back into the, the to the pack mentality. Dogs are pack animals, and if there's more noise coming out of here than what's going on up here, they're going to go check that out. And then, like B.B. just said, then we just lost five minutes trying to get everything redirected, straightened line back out. I just lost time. So if you have a box of hyenas, you know, just just lay back. Just lay back, let things cross, and then let the dogs cross – then port it to it, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, my my box is built where I can shut it up, and my dogs don't have no business barking, and I made it that way for that reason. So, yeah, just let it cross and then pack it up that way. Or, you know, like I said, I'm we're a big. I mean, I'm we we lay back a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll stay back where I can see that straight stretch, or I can get right in that curve where I can see up, oh, where I can see up the road. Mm-hmm. But I'll stay back off of it the best I can. Um, if you pull up, especially if there's a group of you and there's three or four or five trucks, you know you got the truck noise. Then you know, then you have the dogs barking, and what happens is the bear pops out. And then he turns and he goes right back in on his track. Mm-hmm. And then you roll up there and you you pack on that. And then you have that, that train wreck again because dogs are coming both directions. Mm-hmm. And it takes a pretty seasoned – I've seen it happen. It takes a seasoned
0: dog to figure that out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen bears get thrown away where yep. uh, they've popped out in the road and whirled back and gone on the same track they yep. come on. And, and, and I've seen at times where it takes you a long time to to get that straightened out you know i mean to the point you're catching dogs up and you got those seasoned dogs that you know and trust and then you send them back and you know you're you're and you might even have to walk a loop in the woods to get back after mm-hmm. him you know and you know hitting them like that hitting them tight you know if you're hitting them tight and trying to kill him you know that's one thing but even then you know uh and, and it's hard i mean when you're if he's got a lead on him, you don't know. You don't know exactly where he's going to pop out. If they, if he's pretty close, if they're tight on him, you can hit him pretty tight mm-hmm. and and try and get up there and and get your shot if you want to if you want to do it that way. Um, so it it just depends. I mean, we had an instance in Maine this past year where we headed him and we were hitting him pretty tight, and I mean the bear come right up to us. We saw the bushes shaking and and he whirled and just paralleled the road and then ducked back i mean maybe paralleled the road 10 yards and ducked right back and then all every dog that was running that bear swung out into the road Mm -hmm. and then you're trying to send them back and you know it it's uh you know that that's time when they swing like that that that's that's time that that bear is getting out further ahead of them uh versus making up that ground you know it takes a uh, and they'll swing you know all, all of them will swing there you might have some that 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 will stick that track but in all honesty if, if they're sticking that track too much they ain't making no time up mm-hmm. um so most of the ones that we hunt at least that i've seen and it, just the experience of hunting with folks you know they're going to swing a little bit and, and they'll swing into a road and, and a lot of times if they come up to a road them dogs will swing out and and across that road and check 10 yards within mm-hmm. on the other side to see if he went that way i mean that happened today you yep. know where when we turned them back they swung in the road and uh, <clears throat> they swung back around in there and hit it off and, and took it on but i mean <clears throat> when we caught them dogs the reason we caught them is because because we turned them back and they swung up there and uh we didn't we didn't try to sick them on after him again you know so right. And that bear, um,
1: and I want to go back and reiterate something, but that bear went back on his track about 100, 200 yards and then swung off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that goes back to what I just want to talk about. You you got to know if your dogs are right up on it. Like if if you're sitting in a road and you see the bear pop out and you look on your Garmin and they're 250 yards behind, then you know that you probably should, and it pops back up in there, you're going to have a train wreck. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're... 50 yards and the bear pops out you're going to run him right back you may catch him right there
0: yeah you I may mean, catch him sometimes but i've seen it where i think that bear goes right through the pack and i don't know they just miss it or it's here it's thick enough where that bear could be you know 10 feet away from him. they don't see him or or smell him or i mean they're smelling bear anyway and 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 it turns into a train wreck anyway so uh, that's one of the biggest things as far as uh you know trying to be efficient and, and not add time between the dogs and the bear when they turn back it's hard it, it's one of those it's it's not an easy feat to to get past when you do that and if you do that multiple times i mean it it just adds more time between the dogs and the bear you know yep yep
1: so do we cover everything on packing don't face pack let it cross. If you are gonna let it cross, lay off of it a little bit. Don't ride right up on it because that's just gonna cause it either to turn back or, you know, if your dogs are barking, a lot of times it's gonna pull dogs to the road. Uh, Do we cover all that?
0: Yeah, I think. I think as far as packing goes, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, one thing about a group, you know, and this is kind of a segue, but you know, when it when when you, when it's actual season, when the season's in, and you're trying to harvest that bear. Working together as a group is is so important. Um, so if you got somebody who has dogs and they're still in the box, and you're still you're actually working to try and uh, take that bear, you know, having them back off or having them in certain places where if if a certain scenario plays out, that then they send them or something like that. You know, kind of thinking ahead of the game a little bit as far as um, you know the what ifs while you're hunting. Um, and not everybody does that. So, um, it's, and each, each group is different. Each, each group is going to have the different dynamics and usually it's going to be somebody who's been doing a whole lot longer that he's going to call you out on it if you make a mistake. (laughs) So, um, but I mean, when you're, when you're actually trying to, to get in front of them and, and actually take a bear working together as that group, um, you know, to try and cover those potential places. You know, just take a walk-in and Bear, for instance. Um, You know, one of the big things we try to do here is, one, is radio communication. So you can talk and know where people are and know what's covered. And then, two, if you know, you know, you have the certain people who are going to have whoever's shooting with them, um, trying to have that track code for their box so you can see where they are. So you can, you know, if you see that that person is is coming up behind them, you know, walk, you know, if that bear is walking and baying and 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 they're walking on down behind them, then you can try and get in front of them and try and hit hit them. And then that if you, you know, if he's walking and baying, he smells you or sees you or whirls back or whatever, then that person who who's behind them has that opportunity to, to potentially take that bear. You know, so working like that, you know, running bear is a little different. You know you kind of have to know or understand how them bears are, are traveling wherever you are or whatever type of terrain you are you know it's different here than it is in the mountains and and versus maine you know they, they travel differently and trying to uh, understand that you know whether or not they're going to cross in a bottom or follow a topo line across a road or something like that and trying to head them um to take that bear and then working as a as a group to you know, because some of these places that you hunt, <clears throat> it takes so long to get around. You know, you might have one person go one way and one person go to other. So that way, whichever way he goes, you, you got him kind of covered. You know, um, so thinking about that um, when you're hunting as a group, it's it can be very it can be very efficient if you got a, a group of people who is understands that and is able to think for themselves and uh, doesn't have to be told what to do. Um, those, those groups that can, um, that can kind of work as a group and understand how to, how to function, um, to kind of meet whatever kind of goal that you got, um, for that particular day that you're hunting or running.
1: Yeah. I, I want to hit on two more topics cause we're going to run out of time. Um, one of the things that I've, I was thinking about when I was driving down here the other day that like when, you know, and I'm going to go back. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, like when I first started rigging, um, I'd rig a track and I'd holler at everybody to come where I was at and we would all turn loose a dog or two together. Uh, And what I have found through experience is that the longer you sit there and wait, the less chance of your dog being able to take off that rig and find that track, especially if it's an older track. The wind changes. Like I said, we talk about the environment all the time. It's changing. I mean, microsecond. It's changing. Everything's changing. Um, you know, we find a track in the snow years ago. Everybody come and put a dog down and 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 hunt. And we don't really do that anymore. And for me, like I said, I know why I do what I do is because, you know, I I ride. I get a rig going around the mountain and. I drive on by it and I holler at everybody, say, hey, you know, come on up here. You know, I've got a strike and I go back by it. I may or may not strike that again because um, everything's changed. The wind may change. So that's my reason because everybody kind of picks on me about turning my dogs loose. But like if my dogs strike, I'm putting them down, letting them letting them go, go get it. Uh, I don't wait like I used to. And I don't know if that's bad or good. I can't say you know some people don't care, some people fuss at me, but that's why I do what I do is because I learned through the years that, you know, everything it it's changing, it's changing quickly, and you know if that I struck several bear this year that was three four hundred yards off the road, dogs had to go get them, and I feel like if I sit there for thirty minutes waiting on everybody, uh, it's kind of like it in is in our tracking our law enforcement tracking. Like, I can be tracking a, a suspect, but if I keep pulling my dog off the track or having him down and wait on the team to catch up with me, the longer and the more I do that, the more um, distracted he becomes or ever something else becomes interesting, and it takes away from that enthusiasm. And I, I feel the same way with, with that is you know, what I do. Um, any input on that?
0: I mean, for me, I, I don't rig much. I mean, if right. they rig, if mine rig, it's hot. It's pretty hot. So, um, I'm we're a little different here. Um, and just from my experience, uh, I will say that you know one thing that I, that just from going different places and even hunting around here, we do tend to split up a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, to cover more ground. Um, which is kind of the same thing, you know, you know when you're trying. It's one thing when you're hunting off a of bait, you know, you kinda got a, a starting point. But if you're looking for that track and trying to strike it, you know, it's uh you're way more efficient when you when you spread out. And then if somebody <clears throat> does strike something then that's when you all you pick up and go and, and help to try and um head or, or, you know, try and get yours in on, on that particular race. You know, for us it doesn't really matter who strikes it or where it is, you know, when we're hunting you know like here in virginia you know you're spread out and trying just trying to get after him or get after a bear you know versus uh you know going to say maine or north carolina where there's a a bait you know that you have a central starting point so it's a different hunting style no matter where you know for each situation and and we don't have the topography here that you got so i mean it's not like we're going to have different currents up and down you know elevation um where they, I mean, you know, if the wind's right, they might smell them off a road, but for the most part, they'd have to be real close for them to be uh, rigging out of the box or have just recently crossed. Yeah. And, I mean, today, I mean, I was just in the right
1: place at the right time today because mm-hmm. if if I would have followed you around, I'd have missed everyone. I'd have missed all that. I just happened to be goofing around in the, wrong, in the right place today. Um, and another thing I see some comments on, and every state's different as far as their laws are concerned, but I've seen several people comment about tying dogs up at the tree. Like, you know, for me, I mean, as soon as I get, before I do anything at the tree, I grab my old dogs and tie them back. And then I work my way up to the, to the youngest mm-hmm. dogs. For Virginia, it's, you're not supposed to rerun. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a law here. And I see a lot, of thing, a lot of things on social media about don't tie, why y'all tie them dogs up, why y'all do this, you know. Well, our law kind of says we has to, have to. And plus, I, I don't want my dog getting pommeled at the tree. If he's made that whole race and he's clean and, like, unharmed, I'd prefer to keep him that way or keep them that way. Uh, there's a lot of times we get in the tree and they bail out before you can get there. I mean, that happens. Um, so I see that a lot each to their own everybody does something differently but um you know if you see guys in virginia doing that that that's a reason why mm-hmm. because the law pretty much says they have to
0: yeah i mean you know for us and i'm going to go to more of the harvesting side of the, of the case because you know usually if we're training we're hunting only a handful of dogs or running a handful of dogs so but when it comes to like actual hunting season and and you're going in there to harvest that bear, there are situations that we do have here where you can't tie him back because he's up a bush. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he might be just out of reach of a dog, and you can't get underneath him because as soon as you start, or if you, even if you get that close, he's gonna he's gonna come out, and then again, then you got a, a, a another nasty situation at your you know hands. That you're dealing with, so you just kind of have to look at each situation and and uh, figure out the best way you're going to approach it. You know, Um, so I mean here. I mean, we tie him back. I mean, if if we if we're able, we're gonna tie him back. Especially if he's way up in a tree. I mean, because there's nothing worse than a bear falling out and hurting a dog. You know, because mm. um, you know that that can happen. Even if even if you're not harvesting, you know, I've seen bears fall out of trees. You know, they get scrounging around, or it's a dead limb, or something, or, or something like that, or, or bark breaks away from the tree. You know, for the rotten tree or something like that. So, uh, you know, it just depends. Um, you know each each situation is different and you just kind of have to evaluate it um when you see it let's talk
1: about and I want to talk about holes too because I hate holes but one thing that I've noticed down here that I see more at home is packing the trees y'all don't pack to trees like and I'm I'm a proponent I, I don't uh I've went through a stage in my life where I did that some because I didn't have dogs that would tree a bear. And during, during some of my, those stages, like I, i had done it, but now I'm not putting my dogs to a tree. Either they're making that race or they're staying in the box. Now you've got a 300 pounder. It won't stay up. I may give you some help, but I don't see you guys doing that as much as I see some of the guys at home doing that. I I don't, I don't see the benefit of it. And if I do pack, if I, if I have a young, a young dog, I'm not, I will, I will walk the way the track went into the tree, hoping that dog will pick up the track and run into the tree. Uh, And I have not done that any this year. I've everything. I've either turned it loose from the get go or where I've packed in, but I I'm not a proponent of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only time here uh, is if I mean last <laughs> uh, last week we had a situ or I had a dog that got got out by himself and he ran and you know you know how the Garmin's are they show treed yeah. but here they're just as likely to be on the, the ground, ground. Mm-hmm. as he is to be treed, and so if it's one single dog or something like that, I, I'll send dogs in and and some dogs you can tell when they're treed um this particular dog he kind of has the same bark whether he's treated or, or obeyed um especially by himself so i mean you know last week I, I packed i packed some into it and he had already treated you know but i didn't know i didn't know right. if it was treed i didn't know if it was on the ground i you know it was one of those situations where i'd rather get some help there versus going in there, finding out he's on the ground and then trying to get somebody to send dogs to him and, or something like that. And, um, so, I mean, that, that's the only situation here that you could run into. I mean, but we don't, if we know it's tree, that's just more dogs that we got to lead out. out. And, right. and here it's so hard to lead a dog through this thick stuff that, uh, it's, um, if we can avoid it, we don't, we don't do it. And, you know, I'm like you, I, I'd rather the, the young dogs, I, I'd rather them run it and tree it, you know, and if they don't, if they're not a part of that race, then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're making they stay in the box.
1: So let's, let's do a little, um, <clears throat> training here. Uh, let, let's talk about drives and let's talk about, you know, if, if you're, if you're packing the trees, I'm telling you guys, I, I train dogs for a living. Dogs are cheaters. Dogs are always going to do what's best for them. They are going to take the easy way out. If you pack your dogs to trees and pack your dogs to trees, the more you do that, you need to understand that the less you're going to get out of that dog because he does not have to work to earn it. It's just like when I was going through decoy school with Franco Angelini. Uh, top, He's one of the world to top decoys in the world. And Franco said he you always make your dog attack the decoy, which means the dog has to be coming forward to grab the decoy. You never feed it to him. And I'm kind of demonstrating this with my arm (laughs) to BB, which I know you guys can't see it. So if I stick my arm out in front of me, then the dog can come and get it. But if I push it out to him, then... I'm putting it in his mouth. So I'm I'm like doing room service for him. And and uh, Franco, you say, Heath, it's like you're going in the yard and having one rabbit to choose from. The dog's got to work to get that rabbit. Or I walk into a yard with 20 rabbits, and the dog don't have to work to do that. The same thing goes in for, for some of the behaviors that we cause with these dogs is if you're packing the trees, your dog is going to be like, oh, I get to go in and have fun and bark and carry on. And I don't really have to work for it. So you got to think of the long-term effect of, of some of the things you're doing. You know, So if you do this over and over and over, you have to understand that your performance of your dog is going to be less and less and less because it's just like you feeding him in a food bowl and holding it up to his mouth. He don't have to work
0: for it. Well, I'll say that packing in the trees, I, I think that here, one of the big things that I've seen – or issues that we've run into is when you got dogs that are, are like to tree. And if, if one dog trees, when we get, if we're hunting a, a particular block where there's a lot of water and they're all right on a river and it's, you know, waist deep water and, you know, the w- river might be chest deep, neck deep, you know, in different places and things like that, they get to the edge of that water and the first thing they want to do is pull up yep. and tree. And all it takes is, is one dog you know in some of them situations to pull up treat and then next thing you know you got a, another train wreck and you got a slick tree you know a thousand yards into you know thigh to neck deep water and there's nothing more aggravating <laughs> to, than yes. wading into a, a, a slick tree in that type of, of water and uh, yeah that <laughs> those those dogs we we tell people not to bring them back. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, and I mean it makes perfect sense. I mean, I don't I don't want to climb to the top of the mountain to a slick tree either. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to do it. So, you know, guys just think of just think about, you know, the long-term effect. If you want really good dogs, they've got to earn it. They've got to work for it, and they've got to be rewarded for the work they do, not that they the work that they don't do. It's pretty it, that's pretty simple. They they earn what they do. They do not earn what they don't do and holes and this is where where i hate as many times we've not had a hole down here do y'all get in holes much
0: they'll get into stumps underneath stumps mm-hmm. uh falling over trees where the like the root you know the roots are lifted up they'll, they can get under them or even hollow trees where the base mm-hmm. is hollow we've had that happen we had a uh one get into a hollow stump last year down in north carolina and, and that got a little gnarly um you know it wasn't too bad because it, you know no no other dogs could really get in there with it but uh you know it's a little different here uh usually the our holes aren't but so big so i mean we we've had instances where um dogs have been you know burying a bear you know in a hole and uh had the bear come out and and pull a dog in mm-hmm. into the hole and Luckily it was one of them holes that was it was so small he couldn't really do anything. So next time the bear come out to grab another dog, that dog come out, you know, and wasn't hurt too bad. But uh yeah, I mean holes are, are tricky. Um they can get really tricky really fast, um, for sure.
1: And and that and that's where I don't like the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Because it, we had this happen uh during early season. We ended up catching in a hole that I did not know was there. And we got in there, and I'm like, "crap!" And here come ten dogs that was not there, and a lot of the front dogs were getting pushed up in there. Mm-hmm. The cheerleaders were in there barking at the back. Um, I, I don't like that. I, I, you know, less is better in those situations. Um, this was a bad one because it was funneled. There was no way out except to come right. where we had to come to catch the dogs so yeah i i don't like holes at all i just
0: soon stay out of them and and here you know if you want to talk about the like dogs that are cheerleaders you know our briars are so thick that it's the same it's just like a hole um if you have cheerleaders and and that bear breaks at them they um they can't get out of the way especially one because of the briars and two if there's dogs behind them uh, they can't move and get out of the way um, quick enough for the you know to get out of that reach of that bear um, mm-hmm. so here the briars are just so thick and we have some briar bunches that literally the bear will get in and the, the dogs will sit there and bay that bunch and next thing you know you'll you'll see a dog that gets brave enough and goes through it where that bear's son slipped out the back side Yep. and the dogs didn't know that he slipped out but the next thing you know he's got a a little bit of a lead on them and they catch him again in the next briar bunch. And and we have a lot of bears that do that. They'll go from briar bunch to briar bunch and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, it's definitely different. I mean, at least there they can, they can get it out the back, but yeah. some of them will just sit there. I mean, I've crawled in, I mean, I've literally crawled into a skitter rut, you know, in in water laid down in the water, crawled on my belly to, to get in there to a bear and, you know, be, <clears throat> you know, five feet, six feet from the bear and he's bayed up, and dogs are baying him and have to pour the water out of the gun barrel to get him killed, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, here we don't have holes as much, but some of them briars, they act like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a hole, you know, for yeah. them. So it's, it's I mean, and you know, when you're hunting as a group like that, understanding that, like if you got one that's walking and baying, or you got a bear, you know, a lot of times the bears down here that might be a little rougher, if they're baying real hard and they just go silent all of a sudden, you know, understanding that when they do that, that that bear is running and chasing them Mm -hmm. and, and understanding that, um, you know, depending on how many dogs is and and depending on the ground, you know, um, more might be better, less might be better. It just depends on where they're at in in the particular situation and the bear. I mean, the bear is, 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 a is an entity of its own um, and understanding and trying to be able to read what the, the dogs are telling you from what that, how that bear is behaving and, and then what, how you need to act based on that, you know, when you're hunting together. Uh, that's, that's for sure important.
1: Yeah. I, I, and we'll wrap this up. I've, there's been several times that I have not packed dogs on a walking bear because too many, mm-hmm. because I can't get out of the way. Um, we had a pretty rough bear a couple years ago, had 11 dogs on it. Six of them went to the vet. Three of them got stapled and sewed up right there on the tailgate. And I think two of them is the only two that did not have holes in them. Everything else was vet or stapled. So just knowing, knowing that, you know, I don't, I didn't have any dogs on it and you know i i I was doing my best to help him try to get it killed because it was tearing dogs up Mm -hmm. but yeah piling more dogs on
0: there wasn't gonna help that matter yeah i mean it's you know i mean we ran into (laughs) one of those and we ran into one of those in maine last year um where uh it was it was a rough it was a rougher type bear and then it, it once you realize that you know you know especially during kill season or something like that it, it's time you know you need to work together as a group to get him killed and being having that communication to work together um to kill him is is real important especially if that's what you're trying to do and, and i you know i i'm a big fan of killing those rough ones yes i mean i i'm a big fan of it i mean there's nothing that that i mean that's i mean i i like i hate to say it but i do like like it when when we kill those rough ones yeah Um, I mean, we've had an instance where we've been called, you know, here you can deer hunt and, uh, we had hunted all day in in North Carolina and got a call into Virginia. And I think a particular bear ended up killing, I don't know, it was four or five deer dogs Mm. and hurting a whole bunch more and, and, um, i mean she was mean and but the thing is you knew it so it, you, it wasn't no playing around it wasn't no you know it was definitely you know get it killed and, and get it killed as quick as you could and um, but you know the deer dogs are a little different different temperament and they didn't yeah. they don't know any better so um it's a little different when you put the, the bear dogs behind a, a you know a, a bear when they do that um i mean we were lucky there we didn't get nothing hurt too terribly bad but you know we we did end up getting it killed but you know you know that's and and having a good group of guys that you can rely on is so important when you do get on them rough ones uh um or i say important it it just makes it so much uh less dangerous for the dogs and, and even the people itself. So, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely an important part of it.
1: Yeah. And that gets into a whole nother topic <laughs> that we'll say for another day is, you know, killing bear on the ground is it, it takes, it takes patience and experience Yeah, because they're, you know, the dogs are, ama- they're the main driving factor of that. And um, I know that I seen a Paul Laney just post that one of his dogs, got uh killed last week by a hunter oh really Uh, yeah and i mean i i hate that because dogs are so valuable i mean you know not only as as a as a hunting tool but as a partner and part of the family i mean you know we spend tons of time with our dogs like everybody else does but i mean they're, they're they're a part of our life and we're with them every day and we're doing stuff with them
0: every day and uh, you never want to see that happen. So bear on the ground is tough. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, again, I mean, we take a lot of people in. I mean, most of the people that we carry in to kill a bear, it's usually their first or they're very inexperienced in in, in going in to kill a bear. Um, and and we're taking them in, you know, and and then usually we have a couple, two or three um people and and then usually there's a somebody who's more experienced with them and that's Mm -hmm. where that group comes in to be such a big factor um to be able to work together and and make sure one it's done quickly and then also done uh, you know safely Safely. you know for you and the dogs because i've had instances that i mean any bear hunter has, has had an instance where things can turn western and, and get a little wild you know yeah. i mean doug has he said well that's just bear hunting yeah you know? <laughs> so um yeah. but you know that that's that's probably one of the biggest things about hunting with a group is is being able to have that person you know if you're you got that person that you trust and rely on that's covering that road and with that particular shooter that day and and being able to trust them with your dogs or whoever, you know, whoever else's dogs that might be in there and, and having that trust that one, that they're going to do the job that needs to be done. And then two, make sure that it it is done as safely as possible. Um, I mean, that's a big thing that we do. I mean, you know, you know, for us, I mean, like I said, we're carrying so many people. And even in, even in Maine, a lot of the guys that go in Maine, they don't have that experience. And, I don't know how many people I've carried in that, I mean, you look at their hands or the end of that gun barrel and it is shaking like <laughs> crazy, like a leaf. And, you know, and trying to understand that and then talking them down and trying to calm them down to be able to, to get it taken care of, you know, and, but it's, uh, it's definitely that. And then them also being in shape enough to get to the to, places yep. that they need to be. I mean, that's probably the number one thing we run into is trying to have somebody that's, fit enough to move to be able to hit or or get into a bear or whatever it's even if it's a tree bear you know some of the ground we got they might be crawling for yep you know hundreds of yards to be able to get in there to i mean i carried a guy into a tree one time he said i'll never do this again smoked probably five cigarettes at the base of the tree never even went and looked at his bear he shot out and he said this is too much like work <laughs> yeah well that's right well maybe let's um
1: let's cut this off and get in bed like i said you cut me up way past my bedtime we're in the midnight hours now and hopefully we can get after one maybe two tomorrow and
0: have a couple good races yeah hopefully we can find one they're eating the peanuts pretty good now so yeah yeah we took a little walk about this season didn't
1: we <laughs> <laughs> it looked good i tell you that it looked real good but guys thanks for joining us um, go to our website com, you know look at the merchandise. Uh, we got a lot of shirts going out and look at our sponsors you got, you know, Go Wild, Cajun Lights Onyx, all those have discount codes Dogs are treed I mean, I can keep going Um, you know, they're what keeps us running and you need to keep up with what's going on in in Colorado with uh, the ban on on lion hunting, cat hunting need to keep up with that so everybody do what you can to help and until next time, thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn.